Hello and welcome back to the Talking Head podcast, episode 15, or if you want to do it in a more convoluted way, it is uh, season two, episode three. Um, it's good to see you here. It's good to have Madalena, finally. Yeah. It's been, it's been, I mean, we basically talked about having this podcast for about four months now. Uh, you first contacted me four months ago yeah. saying, I want to talk about this. And I was like overwhelmed. I was like, this is, we, we need to talk about this. But I'm so glad we're having it in, in person. It definitely suits. I'm liking the format. Oh, oh, this is my third one I've done in video. Um, to be honest, I'm just happy to have a team. It's really nice. Um, sort of other people can carry the load a bit. It's, it's nice. But yeah, it's um, it's good to be back. And uh, I don't think I have any housekeeping to do, to be honest. I think we've covered it all. I mean, nothing has changed from the, like, the last hour that we recorded the last podcast. So... Nothing's really changed. Um, Madalena, how you doing? I'm doing fine. I'm excited. Yeah, we're on the same course. I should mention that we're both yeah. at UCA. Um, and like I said, you messaged me four months ago to talk about your experiences. Uh, we'll get to in that, uh, get into that in a second. But until then, what's been the best of your week? Okay, so two days ago, I did the most cute photo shoot with my whole house. The Holton house. Yeah. We went to a park and we looked like the Vampire Diaries set. <laughs> it, was, it was really cute. And you did like a friend style photo shoot from what I saw. Yeah, shot yeah. by this fine man over here, a member of the team, so the best of the best. They look you know really good. Mean? Yeah, they do look good. They do look good. Um, in fact, he shot us in the uh, Banj photo shoot last night. And I'm yet to fully see it because oh, you said, uh, but I've. I've heard amazing things, so you know we have got the best of the best here. Um, I've got Julian, of course. Yeah, cover game. We've got the best of the best and Julian um, and and Jams. Shout out to Jams, who's doing the editing. Um, yeah, uh, and then my best is that I I've got a shoot tomorrow. I'm very excited about that. Finally, like, I've done a bit of shooting already, but, like, this is, like, the proper first uni one I've done. And, like, that'll be nice. And I've got, I had to do a COVID test today. I'm negative, which is a positive. <laughs> so, yeah, you can tell I've already done the podcast today, can't you? <laughs> it's wearing out on me. But let's talk about your experiences, because this is, like, I mean, like I said, I've been looking forward to doing this podcast because you've got such an amazing and inspiring story, in my opinion. It's definitely, I mean, I don't want to compare, but like, it's definitely, when I read it, it, it was a one that like, it, it just, I don't know, it just, it, it got me. It got me. So you said this, let's give a bit of context. Uh, the 6th of August, it's a Thursday. <laughs> it's oh 3.14 and you message me, um... But basically, you offer that uh, to to come uh, and talk about your issues uh, and talk about being hospitalised for your mental health issues. Um, and I come back at oh, twenty minutes later. That's quite good for me. <laughs> Usually, it's about you know a ten hour job, but uh, you know that's really good. And so I basically I ask you all about it. And um, so we talk about having a studio. Luckily, we've got a studio now, which is good. Um, and then uh, basically you just come out with it and, and tell me what it's all about. So if you don't mind, I'll, I'll read it out. I've seen last seen today at four at ten past four in the morning. <laughs> are you are you are you awake? Are you? I don't remember what I said. Oh uh, no, sorry. Uh, oh yeah, right, yeah. But like, okay. So the, the, the what you part okay is. Um, so the whole point of being locked up is to have a fresh start. I have depression and theoretically I've had it since my uh, since three years of age, uh, basically my whole life. It got to a point in my life where I couldn't be around cars, such trains, such buses because my body would uh, impulsively throw itself in front of everything that could possibly kill me. A bunch of shit happened and eventually got in. Okay. Well, there's a lot to digest from just that first paragraph, yeah. right? <laughs> You've had I was the... inspired. You've had depression since the age of three. Yeah. How does that even so like this is maybe might be naive of me, but like, like I've never met someone who's technically so you were you diagnosed at three years old or did you no, technically no. 
was it assumed that you just had it? Like um, my therapist, yeah. like a, a meeting with my parents, and they started talking about uh, when I showed symptoms of having depression, and they said when I was three years old, and you have like a whole classroom of kids, little kids, I would always be just in the corner, like I would never talk to anyone. So they just like assumed that I have it since three years old. Right. That's mental. So what what would I, I wouldn't even begin to sort of even think that that could affect a three-year-old. Do you know what I mean? Is that not naive of me? Like, thinking that depression... Oh, I know what happened. Could... Do you, to, how much do you remember of it when you were that young? I mean, you not that remember. much. No, because when you have depression, your brain just kind of shuts down. And you don't have any memories. It's like... A it tries to forget it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, obviously, you have that until... I guess it gets it gets a lot worse. It gets worse yeah. and worse. Do you remember sort of the first time that you acknowledged it yourself? Maybe like thirteen. Right. Yeah. Okay. No, but um, I kind of don't know what it, what it is to like not have depression. Yeah. I've always had it. So. That's mental. So you've yeah. you've the fact is you've you've sort of grown to live with it rather than sort of it, it, it come. So like a lot of people, sort of people's lives usually will be okay. I don't know if we, if we can sort of argue that sort of depression just comes out of the blue, so I don't think it does. But what I'm saying is, you know, you've, you've acknowledged it most of your life, or at least lived with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so how does that come about it from a three-year-old? Like how does a three-year-old gain depression? Is there some yeah. sort of science behind that, or is there some sort no, of... No, no, no. Sure what, can you explain it? Yeah, so I had a sister, and she died, basically. Right, okay. <laughs> yeah. how, how young was she? Uh, she, sorry. she was the second child, so I was three, and she was one. Right. And she just, her body just stopped working. It didn't have, like, a specific reason. So that's yeah. very difficult to understand. That's, that's the most difficult part, because, like, you don't have a reason to, like, blame. You don't yeah. have something to blame. She just stopped working, which right. is really weird. Yeah. And my parents, like, they both went into this huge, deep depression, and they forgot they were parents. Like, I, like, grew up all alone because my parents were in deep shit. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I imagine sort of would have had an influence on you, but like, I, I, I mean, you would have been free. You wouldn't have remembered your sister. You don't. Do you remember your sister? I have this one specific memory. I don't know why. It was in my old house, because we changed after she died, of course, we wouldn't live there. Yeah. And I remember my mother was, like, uh, ironing the clothes, and we were in the couch in front of the TV, and I was in my father's lap, and I remember him telling me, I don't know why, it's just, like, the specific memory, and yeah, that's it. But I I can see in my mind, like, the colors, the old house, I remember it all. Really? Yeah, and I I was two years old. Wow. Do you cherish that memory or? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I like it. I like it because my old house has like a lot of meaning. Like mm. I shared the room with her. And um, yeah, but I get why we moved because it would be really heavy for my parents. Like the air 100%. would be really heavy for him. But yeah. we moved in the same neighborhood. So we still live next to the building, but it's just a different one. Oh, really? So you're quite close. Yeah, and we know the people who live there, and we don't like them. <laughs> oh, really? Fair enough. Fair enough. I suppose if, you know if you did like them, you wouldn't. You you probably wouldn't want to go around anyway. So it's probably worked out in that in that way. Um, so, all right, okay. So you, that's where you think it started from, potentially an influence from your parents. Yeah. Sort of feeling this that way, you've sort of developed that sort of. I, I think when you're young, you 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 adopt your own parents' mannerisms and own yeah. attitudes. So at that young age, you're very likely to be influenced, and so it it probably naturally has happened. Um, so you, from free, okay. Sorry, oh, sorry, sorry. Can I go like that? Yeah, that's fine. Cool. Sorry, sorry. sorry. It's all right. No worries. <laughs> that's fine. Um, so yeah, so you, you're, you get it diagnosed when you're 13? No. (laughs) All right. Is that when you realize yourself? Yeah. I like, I was in the hospital when I was 18 
And in that meeting with my therapist and my parents, we all like talked about uh, my symptoms and how I like grew up. And we all realized that I've had it since three or four. Right. But I felt it when I was 13, but I was always diagnosed at 18. Yeah. I suppose you probably wouldn't have been thinking about it, really. Oh, if you, no, if you think it's like the normal, yeah. then you wouldn't yeah. have really even thought anything about it. Yeah. Um, which is sort of terrifying, really. Um, so you, obviously 13, sort of realised that it's, it's a thing. Did you do anything then when you realised that you had depression? I was an emo kid. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> so you just embraced it? Yep. Yeah, just listen to sadness. You're very, you're a big, um, is it Cure? The Cure, yeah. The big, big Cure fan. But the, the Cure is like happy. It is, but it's still quite emo Yeah. Still quite, you know, there. Um, so you just embraced it then? I have blue hair, pink hair, green hair. Every hair colour. <laughs> yeah. yeah every Fair hair. enough. Um, that, that's mad. So, <laughs> so did your, have, have your parents, I mean, how are your parents? It was it was really bad. I had a really bad relationship with them because they they hated the fact that I had depression because they knew it was their fault. Like it's not their fault, but that's what you feel when you're a parent. You know, mm. like oh, I raised my kid the wrong way. But like the I think I have depression because I raised my parents. I was the parent and they were the child. Yeah. You know, and that's the like huge problem with me is that I raised my parents because they were in depression they didn't know how to be parents so I kind of assumed that role are they all right now nah. no no but after the hospital we kind of like got better rebonded you said so I actually read this before the podcast um, and you did actually mention that so we'll get onto that but um so this is a really I mean there's so much obviously to digest in this but uh, you did mention it got to a point where you couldn't be around cars, such trains, such buses, uh, because you would your body you would want to impulsively throw itself in front of yeah, it. Yeah, that was really scary. How old were you when that happened? Sorry. Around like sixteen. It so, was like five years of that. Right, okay, five years. Yeah, but it was it was a specific year. I think seventeen, where I spent the whole year without looking at mirrors because I couldn't. Even like my reflection in a car would make me like cry. That, is that because of your body image? You don't like the way you look, or because I just hated myself. So hated I yourself. I saw even my shadow. I would. Well, why? Why did you hate yourself? Hmm? Why did you hate yourself? I, I don't know. That's what depression does to you. Just hate yourself. You you didn't want to. Bl- were you blaming yourself or anything or? Kind of, but um, well, technically, scientifically, when you have depression. Your brain doesn't have the um, ability to produce the chemicals that make you happy. Right. So, like, you really don't know what happy is. Okay. That's why you have to take all those pills that are awful because it just makes you sleep. So, did you take pills then? I tried it, but I couldn't even open my eyes, and I was uh, at school. Really? It was really bad, yeah. So, I just, I had them for like a, a year, and then I gave up. And I didn't tell anyone, but no one noticed. Oh, right. Okay, so you got away <laughs> with it. Um, so, you're 17. Actually, you know what? I'll, I'll get to that. I want to talk about your mirrors, uh, not even being able to look at yourself. That must become quite difficult because I know you, you don't, you obviously don't go around looking for mirrors, but I suppose you probably would. You'd go around seeing if you could see a reflection of yourself. Yeah, and you'd probably actively go out your own way to avoid yeah. being in mirrors. Or, or even, would you would you actually go out your way to not be in mirrors or not to look in the mirrors? Both. Or both? Yeah. Because yeah. cars, when you're in a mall, like, they have huge mirrors everywhere. Yeah. So your it's head would just be down, right? It's not yeah. really... And I would be, like, always anxious because if I know if I look right or left, <laughs> I can see myself. Yeah. That's mental. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, can you drive? Yeah, I love driving. Okay. So how do you manage that? I actually um, only finished my driver's license three years later. Oh, right. I, I tried it when I was 18, and then I only finished it like two months ago. Right, so okay. So I, I had to wait. Yeah. Now I'm good at it. Okay, well, that's good. So let's talk about that in between then. Um, so 
I'll actually read out what you put. You put um, what you've said is you eventually got in. Do you want to explain what you got into for anybody that wouldn't know? Oh, the mental hospital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I basically like I knew that I was going to kill myself. Like I knew that, and I knew that I was going to hurt. It was basically for my dog. That's why I love my dog so much because he was the only reason I like didn't kill myself. Really? Why was that? Yeah. Because he waits for me every night, and now I'm here in England, and I know that he, like, goes to my room, yeah. and if I'm there, and go, like, you know, he pees in my bed. <laughs> yeah, similar thing happens to me, like, yeah, apparently my my dog goes into my room quite a bit, in fact, they've had to block it off now, yeah. Um, yeah. because oh, he did it anyway, but he'd always he'd always wake me up every morning, and now obviously I'm not there, apparently he's been trying to sleep in my room, uh, wait, he, for some reason he doesn't, he doesn't pee in my bed, he decides to lick it. Yeah, that's the same. Um, which, you know, is probably still quite gross. Um, you know, probably why I get acne cut, uh, come up sometimes, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Um, so you didn't do it because of your dog? That is, yeah. I mean, if, if there's any the reason why dogs are the best animals. Yeah. Do you know yeah, what I mean? What, what breed have you got, sorry? He, has, he doesn't have one doesn't have a breed. He's like a mixture of this dog that we have in our neighborhood and he just fucks every dog he sees. <laughs> so my dog is like one of those babies. I was expecting a really wholesome breed but that was <laughs> that was great that was much better. So he just fucks every wow what a player. He's like a neighbor a neighborhood dog you know everyone knows him he's always everywhere in coffee shops everywhere. So the Hugh Hefner of the of the, of the town <laughs> yeah fair enough all right okay so but you didn't. You don't want to, uh, you know, do that because y- your dog wouldn't see you again, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. He would just be waiting, and I'd never come back. So that would really, really hurt me. But then I like was coming to this edge, so I s- spoke to my therapist at school. You know those shitty therapists that you have yeah, at school. Yeah. But he was he was actually pretty good, and I asked him like, if I go to a hospital, can I? Um, have my classes later, like everything that I missed, all the tests, exams. He said, yes, you can go to the hospital and then come back and do everything. You wouldn't be like left behind. Right. Um, but I still tried it. <laughs> uh, it was at a, a Christmas that morning and my parents were at the mall and they were like picking gifts for everyone. And then they called my brother and they were like, what does your sister want for Christmas? And then when he came to ask me, I was like hanging myself. So he like he saved me. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. What? What for was Christmas. he? Seventeen. No, he's sixteen now. He's turning seventeen in a month. So he was. Yeah, he was. So how old? Were, how old were you? Sorry. I was eighteen. Eighteen. Right. Jeez. Yeah. Okay. And I imagine at that point it was quite soon after you 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 obviously got that help. Mhm. Yeah, and then they called the ambulance, and I went to the hospital. And I have a really funny story, because, like... Funny story? (laughs) (laughs) Where's the funny story in this? Go on, go on. I was in two ambulances. The first one, the driver was, like, like, swearing at everyone in the, like, highway. He was like, fuck off, get out of the way. (laughs) All the cars, he was just, like, screaming through the window. And I was, like, almost dead, but laughing at the same time. (laughs) So that's... that's, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right okay okay and then i went to hospital like a normal one mm. um and they called the mental hospital they asked if they had like any bed for me because normally they're like full but they made it happen and so i went into a second one and i wasn't alone there was like a kid and i asked him like what are you doing here are you coming to the hospital with me and he was like no i tried to escape but they got me <laughs> so like we just came the whole way talking about how we managed to like get out of the hospital and he was like oh if you ever want to do it you can do it with me because i know how to live this place and it's really funny (laughs) right it's it's crazy i mean like i I mean first of all that is such i mean that must really i know it'd be nothing but like genuinely your brother like is your brother like still sort of scarred from that that's a terrifying experience i imagine so he saved you right yeah that's what like out of my whole life um, that's what hurts me the most. Right. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Because I feel like I messed up his brain. You know, when you see your sister hanging uh, with, like, almost said, you, like, you never forget about that. 
I mean, like, uh, Jesus. Though he talks about it, because um, he visited me at the hospital and he was like, why did you do that? And we had like this huge conversation of me like explaining to him um, how I felt and how I've been doing my whole life. So like he got it and he, yeah, I, like, he got why I did it. I wouldn't know what to do if I was in that situation, I'll be honest. Like, well, obviously I'd know, I'd know to save them, but like... Oh, he just screamed at me. He was so mad. Really? You're so stupid. Like, he's like screaming at me. But he wasn't like crying like, oh my God, I would lose you. He was mad. Do you... I mean, do you think like... I don't want to get too spiritual or things, but like, it's mad. Like, if he... T like, if maybe like your parents hadn't rung up your brother you wouldn't be here yeah no you know it's so like like thank god they did but like oh my god I th yeah i do think that's true like i believe that everything happens for a reason yeah and like the exact moment that my parents called my brother it was the perfect moment because if it was like five minutes later i wouldn't be here you know but i do believe in um universe and forces and energies so i mean if you feel comfortable talking about it like let's talk about like the, the minutes before you were deciding that this is what you wanted to do like how does that process go through your mind you just know you just do it like yeah you don't have it do you had no doubt that you, you didn't no want to do thoughts it thoughts in your mind you just you're just walking you're just a zombie you don't have feelings anymore nothing so you're you're so I imagine the only thing you're focused on is the fact that okay I've got to yeah, do I this just, and I that's left it. My house, I like put on a jacket, went to the store, bought a rope, and like came home. And like this whole time, I I wasn't thinking. Did you just buy a rope? Yeah, yeah. They allowed you to just buy a rope. Yeah. Was it like a hardware store or something yeah. like that? Yeah, it was really cheap. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We won't name name the place where you bought it from. <laughs> I don't think they. Would. But like, like that is, I, I mean, surely. I mean, were you upset? Were you like when you bought that rope, with the intent of knowing what to do with it? Like, were you were you upset when you were buying it? Were you were you just or were you just focused on like yeah, buy this, go home, do yeah. it? Is that like, is that the like process? Jesus, um, I mean, I'm still baffled that they they allowed you to. This should be a rule, right? Or there should be some restrictions. No, because it's like you know, Poundland. Yeah. It's kind of like that. Everything is cheap. Right. And it, it's run by this Chinese lady that she doesn't really speak Portuguese. So even if she wanted to like ask me, what are you going to do? She with couldn't me? really. She really, yeah. Jeez. I mean, I suppose at the time you were what? We sorry, were you seventeen or eighteen? Eighteen. Eighteen. So technically, even I mean, obviously, with pot restrictions and something like that, you probably could have still bought it anyway. Um, yeah. That. This meant so you do, I, I, I'm still baffled the fact you just you can just go into a shop and just buy a rope and then you, you know. have a lot of options, so you can just. I know, yeah, but like it's still, it's like I went for the hard, like the hard way. Yeah, we won't discuss obviously what's what what ways you yeah, can no, sort of no, do no, that's it. Fair, that's fair. But like, you know, it it's uh, I don't know, it's just the idea of sort of going find something, bring it back, and the fact that your brother was there, thank God. Um, okay, yeah. right. Let's go, let's go on to sort of. So you're you're in hospital. We we were in hospital for very long. A month, but that's month. a lot because people only stay at the hospital for like a week, two weeks. Yeah, I was going to say. But so was a lot of that therapy, or was it a sort of a? Because they can't just release you, you know, make sure that you're all right, and then be like, oh yeah, you're on your way. Surely no, not. Yeah, no, I my therapist, um, I still have her like to this day, mm. and uh, I did for a year I did therapy with just her and then she put me in one of her group therapies that I like loved and I miss them like every single day yeah so when you get off the hospital you have two options okay. you can go to those um, houses they have like jobs for you they have 
uh, beds for you, but it's kind of like a home. But I have my parents, so I chose just like weekly therapy. Okay. So how long was it after that um, until you, you sort of really got hospitalized uh, or went to this? What would you describe? What, what's it called? What, what would you call it? You, you, it's a place where you were sort of tucked away, right? You were yeah, it's not really isolated away yeah. from everybody else or something. What, what would you just can you just describe what sort of happened and when it did happen? To the people yeah so um i got into the hospital and they had to call every mental institution around us like who had a spot for me because normally they're all always full uh but they eventually got to into one and it's crazy because it's it's known uh as like the crazy house really uh, yeah because a lot of like mad people with schizophrenia like the deep mental problems that you kill people like schizophrenia it's really bad uh, but you go into this building which is divided by age so i was uh, in the 16 to 25 25 so you actually go there and you make friends mm. it's not like you are surrounded by like old people with um yeah really serious problems but we we did have this woman she was like 50 something and she was really bad really she was like always asking where's my daughter where's my daughter like this is the only phrase she ever said it was really scary mm. but it's kind of like um you have the girls part and the boys part it's like divided by this huge hall then you have a kitchen and then you have therapy rooms oh and you have a living room which is really cool because we all used to like wake up at 7 a.m and go see like the little um how do you call them the tv shows but the anime ones because they were the ones that played at 7 to 9 a.m like car cartoons yeah, sorry yeah yeah. yeah yeah we had like a couch and we'd all just watch it and then we go for breakfast and that was the crazy part because everyone hated the pills so you know when you're a doctor and you're like now you have to take this like five pills and it was always like five people screaming because they didn't want it. They're like, it's bad. Really? But yeah. That does sound terrifying. It, it was I was going to ask you how scary it is, but like, I mean, like, it can't have been too scary, otherwise there'd be no purpose in it. You'd just be like in a horror, horror you, house. You end up making connections with everyone. Yeah. I suppose it's is it quite tight-knit community. Like, it's quite a small amount of people. I imagine yeah. it's not a massive group of people yeah, all no, tucked no. into one small space. It's like around 15. So, yeah, so it's quite tight-knit, yeah. yeah. And they are all kind of your age. Right. So Apart from the 50-year-old one. Yeah, but she ended up being like moved to another place. Right, okay. Okay, and how yeah. long were you there, sorry? It was a month. A month. But um, a lot of people, like, they... Like, I have this friend, he was there with me. Um, he was drug use and schizophrenia, because when you do a lot of drugs, your brain kind of gets all messed up. And he'd always come back like after a month because he would get off the hospital, do drugs again, then come back. Really? It's kind of like, I think the hospital was his safe place, mm. which is not really good. It's not supposed to be your safe place. No, no, yeah. no. You shouldn't have to fall back on it and be reliant on it. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, so we, we'll go back to sort of what you were writing. Um, so you you mentioned that you were, you were scared. Um, but it ended up being uh, one of the most important, amazing experiences that you've had. Uh, you we you had a schedule for the day where you'd wake up early as fuck. That's what you part. <laughs> yeah. um, eat breakfast and then the meetings and exercises would start. I learned about meditation and mindfulness, which you put in brackets is not the same. <laughs> now I asked you about this before the podcast because I wanted to talk about it. Uh, again, I'm naive. What, what What's the difference? What's the difference between them two things? Yeah, so meditation is when you try to empty your mind. Mm -hmm. That's why people say that they go through this, like they feel like they're floating and flying. Because when you empty your mind, you kind of go into this whole universe. Um, but mindfulness is the exact opposite. You are supposed to focus on your skin, your hairs, the trees, the sounds, like everything. You're supposed to focus on the physical aspect of you and what's surrounding you mm. so and meditation is emptying everything so it's different experiences it's really different 
And I really love mindfulness. I don't like meditation. Right. It's, it's really hard to empty your mind. Yeah. You always have something to think about. Mm, I suppose in meditation, it's very difficult to empty your mind when um, there's so many people around you. You know, or especially like, especially nowadays in 2020, there's so many distractions. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, you'd say probably like a you know, 100 years ago, probably a bit easier. But now with all the technology we have, notifications buzzing, your phone buzzing and all that stuff, you know, especially in uni halls, you'd never be able to do it. Especially with like, <laughs> yeah. you know, people, the whole uh, thin the walls are, you'd never be able to get anything done. Especially the um, Yeah, exactly, with the soundproofing upstairs. I don't know what they're doing, but they're, they're bloody shifting around a bridge by the sound of it. So, okay, and then you had dancing classes. What yeah. types of dancing? Like it was, they just put on music and you just had to like dance and act crazy. Oh really? Yeah. So it's like sort of getting out your, what would you call it? Like getting out all your stress and stuff like that. Yeah, like shaking everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I mean, yeah. And then gymnastics classes. You good at gymnastics? Oh no. No. I, <laughs> uh, I suppose if you only do a month of it, you're probably not going to be, <laughs> not going to be the best. And then we had you had drawing and therapy sessions. Uh, you're still doing drawing now, right? Don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Did that? Did you learn that, or did you find a passion for that in there, or were you doing it anyway? Well, I started drawing in there, but then the the graffiti part just came later when I made a bunch of friends in my neighborhood that they were all just graffiti the whole. Oh time. right. Okay. Did you find that you were sort of quite good at it while you were in there, or did you sort of did you did you even draw, like draw before that? No. 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 But I had I had a friend there. Um, he likes to draw um, graffiti, not graffiti, sorry, anime characters. Oh, right, okay. And he's really good at it. We even had like this session of tattoos. So he did my dog in my... Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. And everyone asked for a tattoo. So, I mean, all these all these things sound very like uh, creative yeah, and physically really strenuous sort of like things to do. Um, which again sounds like you're getting your stress out in many different ways. Maybe drawing is a bit less physical than d a dancing class, but I suppose if you cover all bases, you know people get their frustrations out and stresses out in different ways. So it's good that they're doing it in that way. Um, did you find sort of anything that really while you were in there that was that helped the most? Maybe just the hanging out with everyone. Really. Yeah. And my therapist, because she's really good. Mm. Like, I remember this first session that I had with her. Um, she was like, why are you here? And I said, oh, I hate everyone. I hate the world. Like, everyone's selfish. Everyone's awful. And then she asked me, well, are you awful? Are you selfish? And I said, no, I'm not selfish. And she said, so you think that you are better than everyone. <laughs> and I was like, I hate this bitch. I never <laughs> want to see her in my life ever again. So, like... After that session, I asked all the doctors to like change therapists. Really? That's like how much that I got offended by that. But then wow. it just made me like switch my brain. Like, why do I say that I hate everyone? But then, like, it's not the same for me. Although I did hate myself, but like, I didn't consider myself selfish or anything. No. I was kind of putting myself like up there. Yeah. Yeah, and I never realized that. So just that first. Just that question that she made me, like, changed everything. So I ended up loving her, and now she's my second mother, my queen. Your queen. Um, so, oh, so yeah, you mentioned, of course, there were some scary situations and scary people, but that's okay. We learned how to embrace our past and how to enjoy the moment. You, so how, how do you begin to even embrace your past? I mean, what did, did you embrace? I imagine quite a big part was obviously losing your, your younger sister. Yeah. So uh, did you learn to embrace that as you were yeah. there? It was kind of because my parents, like, they never believed in depression. They don't believe in anything like that. So I kind of always had this really bad relationship with them because I was suffering and they didn't believe in it. They thought that it was all an act. Even though they were suffering? Yeah. Yeah. Do you reckon, why do you, why do you reckon they weren't sort of admitting to it? Like, why do you reckon they weren't sort of saying, yeah, we're, we're sort of in a similar situation to you? Because maybe they related to it and they were scared. Yeah. Maybe they wanted to be a, appear stronger mm -hmm. than yourself. 
because they wanted to be good parents. No, it was really bad because, um, like, my father, he turned to alcohol and right. smoking. Like, he used to smoke, like, five packs a day. Right. It was really bad. And the alcohol, like, he used to come home with blood burning down his nose of, like, how much whiskey and shit. Really? He used to drink, yeah. And um, so that made him feel a lot of rage and he was really mad. So then he'd come home and I was this emo kid with a lot of feelings. I was like hurting myself too. So we would go into huge physical fights and I would go into physical fights with my mother too. It was really bad because we were all expressing our uh, anger through fights and screaming and punching, punching each other. And I ended up going to the police and going to the court. So now we have this huge like problem that we have to like solve because now we're good, now we're okay. But we, you can't really say that to a court. And now oh, so it's still bad. still ongoing. Yeah. Really. Yeah, it's really bad. So when did but you then, when did you go to court about it? It was when I was like seventeen, but no one took me like seriously because I had colored hair and a lot of makeup. So they're like, oh, she's just a kid. Um, yeah. Obviously, we won't go too far into details with it because it's sort of still ongoing. But like, you know, that's that's a that's a mental like. So you're good now with your parents, right? We are good because at the hospital they had a lot of sessions too with her. It wasn't just me. We had like group sessions, and they even have like this parents um, therapy, where every parent like they talk about what what it feels like or how it feels like to have their kids in the hospital. So they kind of had therapy too. So after the hospital, like my whole life just changed. It just became a lot better because mm. they started believing in everything. Yeah. That's why I say that it's one of the most important things that ever happened to me because it changed everything. Especially, yeah, especially for you, maybe not even just for you personally as well. I think your relationship with your parents. And my whole family. Exactly, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, how, how's your bro- how's your brother right now? Is your brother? <laughs> he like is. Um, it's so weird because I um, turned into my video course. I did like a professional video course, and I'm pretty good at it. And he's like the exact opposite. He has failed school three times. Um, he hates the system. He hates exams. He's like, how the fuck do they know if I'm good at something through a one hour exam? Like. He's really angry about the whole, like, um, system, education system, yeah. So he, like, shows his anger in a different way, you know? It's really funny to see that he's mad at the world, so he fails school. And, um, but now he's at the same school that I, like, went to, the professional school, school, Mm. and he's studying sound which he doesn't like, but he's giving it a try. <laughs> Fair enough. So my brother, like, I don't know how he is, but I know that he hates life too. Really? That's why he fails school, like, every year, and he doesn't go to exams or classes. But it's such a different way to, like, express it, you know? So you also put, um, we would listen to everyone, and that's what's helped uh, the most, realising you're the only one with a messed up head. For me, one of the most important moments was when my parents went to a group therapy session with all the parents uh, who had their children there. My parents never believed me. Since that day, I can tell you that I have different parents. So we sort of talked about that, like sort of how your parents have have changed and you've got a better relationship now, even though you've got this thing going on. Like, I mean, I mean, a, I mean, I, I, it, 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 it's baffling. I mean, sort of, I, I, is it is it awkward being in that situation with my parents? Because you were the one that went forward about it, right? You went forward about the the physical sort of, uh, you know, you know, uh, can we call it abuse? Yeah. That you you received, and now you can't retract what you said because it still happened. You can't say that it didn't happen because it did. Yeah. Um, I imagine when you went forward to, to it, you were very angry maybe at your parents and you wanted them to suffer some sort of consequence how's that opinion shifted well because i look at my parents as like little babies you know really yeah 
because I know that what they did to me, like the, um, the fights and the abuse, it was all because they didn't know how to help me and they didn't know what was wrong with me and they thought they were just going to lose another child, which is probably really awful because like they already had a dead child and they're going to have another. So like I understand why they mm. used to beat me up, but I fight. I did beat them up too. So. Um, and now after the hospital, they know what I, what I was going through. And sometimes still to this day, like after two years, they still talk to me about it. And they ask me like, how are you feeling? Do you need like help? They like changed completely. They're like different people now. That's really good. I suppose, you know, so, so once, I mean, it's probably ther therapeutic for them to understand that if they're in a room of people with issues, then it's only going to benefit them by realizing that actually they're not alone as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't just something for you. It was actually, it helped them. I think the parenting is a really, really important thing because there's a lot of people that will listen to this podcast that maybe will have that disconnect with their parents, um, which is like, I, I think one of the worst things in the world to like have a disconnect from the people that you should be really, really close to. Yeah. It's such a heartbreaking thing. Um, you know, and to, to deal with parents that have their own issues, you know, a lot of those parents, they push those issues away because of their children. But they're still, they still don't go away. They're still there. Yeah. And I think once you're mature enough and you can have the conversation with them about it, you should. As soon as you realise that something's up, you should definitely have a conversation with them. Um, and even like, you know, if it is that serious and maybe even though you're, you're the kid and you should never feel like, I think like when you grow up, you should never feel like you should be the the adult in the situation. You feel like they should always be the one who's more mature. But like, you know, if you if you have the outlook on life and you know what the right thing to do is, you should definitely do it. And I know maybe it wasn't completely in your control to get them in and do it, but like, you can see how much it's benefited you, like a hundred percent. Communication is the key. Hundred percent. That's yeah. like the the message we push all the time. It's like literally talk to anybody you'll find that most people are there for you yeah you know yeah. you could talk to a stranger like like these therapists i know they're employed to do what they do i mean some people aren't employed some people do it for charity work because you know they do but like you'll find that most people genuinely do care which is lovely um you've also part let's go back to here um you said you you could actually put we can talk about how the process um they create is made to make you feel grateful again so yeah when you came out you said um everything looks and sounds amazing yeah so you're sort of looked away i imagine the only things you sort of mo most amount of sort of um i don't know co maybe color you see or, or like um probably the most mental thing you see is a cartoon do you know what i mean like, that's like your treat yeah um when you come out obviously how was that so when you can you remember when you first came out yeah it was my dog <laughs> oh really yeah okay um but it's basically because when you go into the hospital you only have um a pair of like pajamas uh, a bed and some towels so like you have nothing so when you come out like everything sounds and looks amazing because you, you finally can like go on walks and put on some cute outfits and um, even like the sky or um, like everything, everything's amazing because you, you uh, go from having nothing, just a bed to having everything. Yeah. And for the like first month, month that I was out of the hospital, I didn't even like acknowledge my phone and everyone really? was like mad at me like, why don't you talk to me? And I'm like, I, I hate my phone now. Really? Is that? Do you still have that sort of mindset? No, because TikTok, you see. So. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah. No. I, I. I mean, actually, with a phone thing, um, sometimes I. I'll, and this is this is from my own experiences. I've taken days off my phone. You realise you actually don't need it as much as you probably do. Totally good. I mean, don't get me wrong. My phone's great. You can use it for so many things. You can. It's such a useful tool. But, like. It is nice to have a bit of a, of a a bit of a break from it because I don't know they are quite unhealthy for you. Like I, I think I had a thing come through this morning, 
eight hours of screen time every day. Oh. Yeah. Do you know what yours is or? Mm -mm, it's probably the same. I mean, mm, not because yeah. my phone is all up, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, to be, yeah, to be fair, I probably had it up quite a lot for the podcast, but still not quite good. There's still quite a lot of that where I'm not on the podcast. So, you know, um, but yeah, it's nice to take a break from certain things. You can definitely get a better appreciation for stuff. Um, so, so now you, you said it's been two years and you treasure the most simple things in life and nature is your go-to when you're overwhelmed. Would you recommend that for anybody? Because I probably would. Nature. Yeah. It's such a nice, I mean, such a nice place to sort of, any park or woodland area just is just, air, yeah, it is, it is, rather than being, you know, sort of drafted in through aircon, it's a lot better. Um, you, do, I mean, do you feel at one with nature now? I know you definitely have a, a connection with, with nature yeah. Yeah. from your short film, which you showed us, but like, how important is nature to you right now? It's like the most important thing because um, like my whole life when I felt like sad or anxious, I would just go on a train, 10 minutes, I'd arrive at like Sinta, which is my favorite place in Portugal. It's just like this huge forest full of like gardens and it's a small town with castles. So it's just like really magical. And I would just walk the whole day and not feel safe. Um, and they have like this, my favorite, like the cheese store with crystals and incense. And it's just, it's so magical. Mm -hmm. Like every problem that you have just disappears. You're quite into sort of your incense and stuff like that, aren't you? Um, we, you, you do you have those, what are they called, cards? What are they? Tarot cards. Tarot cards. Yeah. You've been learning that, which I have. baffles my mind. Not because of like the way you did it, but like genuinely like, I mean, there's a, that's a big book, right? There is a huge Have you been reading all of that? I've been reading the meanings of the cards, but it will take years because it's like 80 cards. Can you describe what that is? I mean, maybe we're going a bit off topic, but like I'm still, I'm still quite interested, so. Like, okay, so every card has like a meaning. You have the fool, the lovers, the magician. You have like a bunch of cards. And every card has like symbols, like air, water, um, the sun. And literally, like everything, even the dress that uh, someone might have, has a meaning. Mm. So, it's basically when you have a deck and you shuffle it, a few cards like come out, and you read those cards, and that's like what the universe wants you to know, or um, like your next step. For example, if you're like in a relationship and you ask me, let's do a tarot reading. And like it comes the card like the lovers, I'll tell you that everything's going to be like fine for now, just keep going as you keep going. But if a bad card would come up, I'd say something's wrong, more communication, you know, it's really cool. I suppose like, I mean that is quite a, um, what do you call spiritual thing? Mm -hmm. Or, yeah. um, uh, you said earlier about talking about everything happens for a reason. Um, with obviously what, what happened with your brother on, on Christmas and stuff like that. Like, you know, I'm not surprised that you, you are sort of, you have got that mindset and are quite a spiritual person, especially with what you've been through and your connection with nature. Um, and, and yeah, it, it seems like a, it, it's really, not only just benefited you, but your, your family yeah. and everything like that. Um, we are all like really spiritual, at least like uh, with energies and stuff. Like once me and my mother, we went to this birthday party and the air, like the atmosphere was so, was so heavy that we were like, no, these people are bad. Because as soon as you walk into like the living room, you just, you just felt Really? Sick. Yeah. What air are you getting right now? I'm really comfortable. Oh, right. Okay, cool. I wanted to make sure. It was like, it's, it's like really heavy. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> I need to go out. Oh, um, no, but yeah. Um, we all kind of believe in you. Mm -hmm. And you probably feel it too when you like meet someone and you don't like them at first. Oh, 100%. Yeah, Definitely. you get a vibe, don't you? Quite. It's funny, humans make these like instant connect, like instant like thoughts. I mean, sometimes they're quite dangerous because. That, that, that is being spiritual. Yeah, I think it is. I think just being spiritual and then sometimes being a bit too judging a book by its cover sort of thing. I've done that too many times. I've, I Sometimes I think I'm a bit too judgmental. Um, I am, I know I am, 100%. That'll be my 2021 resolution. 
Um, open-minded? Just to be more open-minded, I think. Yeah. Um, That's a good thing to do. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, this year has been a whole eye-opener for me. Oh, uh, you know what, we'll talk about that in the next one, which is, is... Oh, well, hang on, it might be the one before this at this point. Oh, no. Yeah, the year review's gonna be spoilers. Yeah, right, we're gonna do a year in review, which will have been last week's. But I won't have filmed yet. So I'm gonna confuse everybody, but basically, <laughs> I'm doing a year in review, and that's coming out soon. <laughs> soon. Oh, it, Chris, I think, not, not Christmas Day. Not, not Christmas Day, it's too depressing the for Christmas Day. Friday? Wait, you said January 1st. January the 1st, that's it, January the 1st, which is a Friday. And then this will be coming on January the 8th. So oh. yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, have you got any re re resolutions? I mean, we're approaching that time now, so have you got any resolutions for next year? Next year? Well, um, maybe just start believing in myself hmm. more. Because um, I'm always like, no one wants you here, everyone around hates you, everyone around you hates you. And I'm like, I'm always asking the wholesome house, my flatmates, do you guys really love me? Like, I, I always really? need reassurance. I don't know why. Yeah. So I, I went like last year, no, next year, I want to ask that question like a little bit less. Yeah. I know that they like me. I don't have to be like always asking them. So yeah, let's see, let's see. I, I, I can relate to that, you know. I can relate to that because maybe it's not the fact that I'm not asking people if they like me, but like maybe I'll, I'll, I'll have to create something to gain... Uh, someone's sort of appreciation or like something like that or like know that I'm I can create good work do you know what I mean yeah. like I'll have to create as much because maybe that isn't as good maybe I create so much that actually I'm doing quality over quantity oh, quantity over quality sorry uh, yeah maybe but like maybe it's all right to focus on things a little bit more slowly I'm a bit of a when I think of something I have to do it kind of thing yeah. And it might like, go well, you know. But yeah, if you I think feel it, pressured, your your like creativity won't be as good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm the thing is the thing is I've always got ideas buzzing in my in my head, but if I can try slow that down for next year, be a bit calmer, then hopefully, you know, that'd be nice. I think. Um, so wrapping it up with your sort of with your story because that's what we've covered today. Um, you know, it's been a long time coming. I'm so glad we have talked about it. Um, like, I want to, like, again, I think it's quite interesting. Your relationship with your parents is still, like, like, it's... You've gone through a, a, a pretty tough time. Um, do you see your parents, or are you going to see your parents at Christmas? Okay. Yeah. Do you reckon they'll see this podcast or not? If, if I tell them about it. If you tell them about it. Do you reckon you will? <laughs> yeah. Okay. But like, you know, you're quite open about it and I, I really sort of admire that. Um, it's very brave what you've done today, 100%. Um, sorry, that sounds so patronising, doesn't it? It sounds so patronising. But it is, it is really incredibly brave, the thing that you've done today. Like, it takes a lot of guts to open up about something like this um, and, to, and to be as open as you have been. And I think there's going to be a lot of people that that will listen to this, that will um, sort of realise that you know depression. You can you can so you can deal with it, and there's so many different ways to deal with it. You've discussed all the different things that you did, yeah. Um, and yeah, like all these little things you can do, like take time away from your phone and stuff like that. It helps. Yeah. Um, and I think, like, yeah, definitely, like, we were sort of say, like, sort of talking about, is it, like, the little things sort of add up to, like, you know, for a newfound appreciation for something. Um, I mean, you're, you're doing a film course. Is that sort of, what inspired you to do film? Is it any way related or? Well, yeah. Um, first, I think that every time I go to the cinema and I watch, like, a movie, I always cry because I'm like, I love this shit. I love, I love music. Yeah. the way they make you feel and I always I've always created such strong relationships with the characters like my favorite movie is called The Book Thief every time I just look at their faces I cry really because I love the movie so much and I love the book so I've always wanted to 
communicate that way too with colors and angles and yeah. everything in a movie is so important they are really powerful devices of sort of showing you know telling stories yeah. in fact well I, I'm obviously going to be biased but it, I think it is the the best medium to showcase the best type of art it's got everything in it do you know what I mean? The film is like a culmination of like everything, like image, sound, mm. all these things together. So it's like it's like the ultimate sort of thing, isn't it? And sort of it can translate so much of it. You know, that's why there's so many. Um, like you can watch a film from that isn't in your language, but still have a deep, deep connection with it. You know, it's 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 great. So yeah, I won't I won't suck off my own course too much um, because I'm not here to do that. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that's a nice way to sort of end it. Are you, are you optimistic for your next year, 2021? Yeah, I'm optimistic. I think we all have life. to be, to be honest, the way this year's gone. But No, I want to start, um, um, I want to get a job, get my money, build my van, and go into Build your van? Yeah. Oh, do you want to discuss a van dream? Oh, quick, van Real quick, dream. yeah. It's my only goal in life, I just... Like having a house. I hope it isn't. I hope you've got other goals. I'm not well, saying it's tragic, well, but like, it, no, it's well, not tragic at all. I don't but know. like, I, I think you should like. Come on, you can't have what as a one goal. Like, think about it. Because it's too achievable. It's what? Only fans and a van. Oh, oh right. And a dog. Do you want to? Hang on. It's my only incentive I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Madeline, so you said you, you, the only goals you've got are only fans, <laughs> your your van. And, and you and getting My a dog. dog and another dog. Oh right, okay. No, because like having a house for me, like having a house stuck in a place, and you have the same routine every single day. You wake up, you go to work, you come back. Yeah. It's always the same place, always the same house. I like. I swear to God, I'm not having that ever in my life. Yeah. I was gonna say, do you wanna do you wanna promote anything? And if you have got an OnlyFans, we could, we could. But <laughs> no, I don't think, you, no, is it, is it, no. not yet, not, not yet. yet, not no, yet. No, just because I want to find a job that I can do while being in my van. So I can be an editor, I can be like a writer. Like a yeah. job that doesn't um, make me like live in the same place for 10 years. So quite freelancing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's quite intelligent, yeah. And you can do it, with freelance you can do anything really you want. To pick and choose, usually. Like, I don't mind living in the same place for like three years, but my whole life, it's kind of scary to me. You'd want to live in the van? If I imagine I'm like in a movie set, and that movie will take like three years to be filmed and edited, like, I might rent a house, rent a house. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'd always have my van with me. It's so boring to live in the same place for like 50 years. Yeah, I know it is, yeah. People do it. A lot of people that? do it though. A lot of people do it because they get attached to little, little places. But uh, yeah, I think you've got to travel. You've got to see the world. You know, there's too many things there to see, not to. I just hate having a routine. Yeah. The same thing every single day. It's kind of like because my parents have that. I think if you see different things, you gain a more, more appreciation for everything around you if you're seeing the same things every day like if you're going to an office job every single day you're not going to have as much appreciation as someone who's traveling around the world that goes without saying yeah so yeah that's what my mother does she works in an office she hates everything about her life besides right. like her kids and stuff mm. and your dog <laughs> and your dog i'd hope yeah. is your dog doing all right i think he's better now he stops being in my bed Oh, that's always good. <laughs> Have you seen him on FaceTime or? Yeah, but he doesn't recognize my voice. I think it's. That, that happens the same with my dog, although he does recognize it when I say biscuit. Do you want a biscuit? Oh, and as soon as he hears that, his ears pick Rick up. <laughs> my parents hate it. Because the only that. thing. It's, yeah, it's the only thing that sort of um, he recognizes. Because obviously, if he hears it anywhere, he's going to be like. So that's, the, that's why I do it, because it's the only thing that he can sort of, I can gain a reaction from him. <laughs> So I apologise to my parents. Um, if I come back and he's like the size of a of a pig, of a, like a micro pig, because he's only a small dog, he's like a bloody uh, King Charles Spaniel. But um, bless him. Shout out to dogs everywhere. Um, yeah. And also, appropriate time to say, it, dogs aren't for Christmas. If you get a dog for Christmas, you can fuck off. Yeah. 
Um, and that's the end of the podcast. Um, so that, that's, that's a nice message to end on. You know, we've, we've talked about it, we've talked about it, but, but genuinely, if you get a dog for Christmas, like dogs aren't for Christmas, fuck off. Um, dogs are for life. Um, yeah, do you, are you, I, honestly, do you want to plug anything? Uh, you haven't got your only fans. Basically, uh, donate to Dogs Trust and, and adopt. Yeah. Adopt is a good one. Yeah, never buy a dog. Yeah. Well, I bought a dog, but it's from a there family friend. Family okay. friend. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah. It's fine. I've outed myself. I've outed myself. Was yours bought or was yours? No, it was just a baby that the neighborhood dog. I told you about him. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh well, you sort of. Yeah, it's gonna happen anyway. <laughs> this is my note. Yeah, fair enough. You snatched it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was like the the Uggies. He was just like a little ball. That's always what I go for. The Uggies. And now he's so pretty. That's what you always go for. Oh no! <laughs> oh my god! No. And on that note, um, <laughs> in dogs. <laughs> in dogs. Yeah, sure, 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 sure. If you go to like a pet shop, you always want the prettiest one. That's what people do. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah they do. Like, that's that's the that's the thing. All the, like the little the little ugliest one gets or ugliest one gets picked last. Yeah, but that's what I like to do. I like to have. The, oh my god! Stop. Right, we're gonna end this podcast because we have to. Or well, it's gonna we're gonna keep digging. All right. Uh, thank you for coming on, Madalena. It's been lovely having you. Um, and and yeah, uh, well, a happy new year. Uh, a bit late because it'll be the eighth when you see this, but happy new year. Um, hopefully, you're sticking to your resolutions. And uh, yeah, again, thank you for coming on. And uh, I will see you all um, next week. Will it be next week? Hopefully, happy. maybe. <laughs> well, okay. Potentially, yeah. potentially, I'll see you next week. And um, adopt. See you later. That's it. That's it. Is that good? Yeah. Okay. <laughs>